Well, good morning again, and thank you for being here at Fellowship of Grace. Glad that you are here today. Man, I've always wanted to do this. I'm Barbara Walters, and this is 2020. All right. It's never worked any place before, but then it just works kind of today, you know? Well, listen, today is going to be a little bit different than usual. I'm not going to actually preach a sermon from God's Word. In fact, uh, Pastor Derek, uh, our church has been going on now for 13, months and th- or 13 years and three months. We had our very first service October 1st of 2006. And Pastor Derek, uh, this morning, he said, this is the first sermon you've ever, because he puts the slides in for me, and he said, this is the first sermon you've ever had where you don't have a whole bunch of Bible verses in it. And the reason is because I've got so much stuff to cover today, I don't really have time to justify with God's word, although I certainly could. And if you question anything in the, in the, you hear today, please come to me. I'll be glad to sit down with you over lunch and share with you all of the ways that this is, these things are true from God's word. I think you'll see that. Uh, there's not a lot of things. Because what we're going to do today is really, I think it's important uh, once a year to just kind of look back at the previous year and celebrate what uh, God has done in our midst. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm getting to the place where I can remember about maybe four to six or eight weeks tops of what's happened recently. And uh, when I look back at all the things that God has done in uh, 2019, I was really shocked. I mean, I was really surprised at all the things that got accomplished here at Fellowship of Grace. And so I hope this is encouraging to you uh, to hear that this is a church where God is is showing up and doing something cool in our midst and uh, making things happen, changing people's lives. But then I also want us to look forward to 2020 and see where God is taking us because I think that's also important. So I'm going to talk fast because I got a lot of stuff to cover. I want you to listen fast, okay? And then we'll get to the end together. All right, let's start by reviewing some of the highlights of 2019. Now, there are many ways to measure uh, the growth or decline of a church. Uh, You could look at just the attendance, and that's one way to look at the growth of a church, Uh, but it doesn't really measure the spirituality of a church. It doesn't really measure uh, whether people are connecting or not. It just measures uh, warm bodies and seats, and uh, some churches could measure uh, giving. While that is a, a way to measure spiritual growth, it's certainly not the only way to measure spiritual growth, and it's probably not the only way or best way to measure a church's either decline or it's progressing that by itself. So we look at a whole bunch of different things. And I want to take you through kind of where we're at today. Uh, But perhaps for me especially, this is probably the most important number is this one right here. In 2019, we saw 16 people come to know Christ as their Savior, including five on Good News Sunday. Yeah, you can woohoo for that. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, whoever woohooed, let me know. I'll get you a couple of minutes or something later. I appreciate you doing that. Woohooing. Uh, listen, uh, that 16 people doesn't sound like a lot of people, uh, but I will tell you uh, for a church that's averaging about 200 in attendance to have, um, you know, I didn't do the math real quick, but, but 8 or 9%, 8 to 8%. We average we have a little more than two thousand or 200 people in our attendance, but having about 8% of new converts, is that right? For those of you who are mathematicians, is that right? All right, close. Okay. All right. Man, that's phenomenal. In fact, if you look at b- biblical uh, churches in our area, Bible-believing evangelical churches, uh, to have 8% uh, growth due to just absolutely new people giving their lives to Jesus, that's a really a pretty good number. Uh, uh, we were surpa- surpassed last year when we had 18 come to know Christ as our Savior, but those are the two highest years by far of salvations since this church started. Uh, that's... Uh, 34 total in the last two years, 34 in the last two years, folks, that's amazing. 
Now, that's not 800 like I'd like to see. It's not 4,000 like I'd like to see. But, but, but listen, those are uh, 34, fam- 34 individuals who came to know Jesus as their Savior through the ministry of this church or you. They're people that you brought to Christ. They're people that you led to Christ or you brought them to church. They heard the gospel. You told them how they could know Jesus, and they gave their lives to him. I, I can tell you that's not going to change the whole culture, but it's going to change those 34 people. It's going to change their eternities, and it's probably going to change their family's legacy. So, folks, this is a big deal. It's a big deal. We always need to celebrate this. Very exciting thing, and I'm excited the trend is that those are getting higher. Another good trend is we had 21 baptisms this year. That's five over last year of 16. But again, those two, last year and this year, are again the two highest years that we've had for baptisms. These are people who've given their life to Christ either before they got here or they gave their life to Christ here and then followed the Lord in baptism. And these are also great trends that we need to keep going. We need to keep them trending. Uh, That means that 10% of the people, uh, of basically our average attendance, 10% people gave their life to Christ and got baptized anyway, or followed Christ in baptism. That's pretty cool, okay? And the reason they're doing that is, again, because you're sharing your testimony, you're sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus, and you're inviting people to church. Those all, all the reason we'll talk more about that in a little bit. So those are really good things, and, and if we stopped right there, uh, this would be pretty exciting. Uh, there are a few churches, like I said, in our area who are leading by percentage uh, or per capita this many people to Christ, but we can't uh, be, um, there, there's still you know, two to 300,000 lost people in Clay and Platt counties who are far from God. Uh, while we can be encouraged by this, we certainly cannot um, uh, rest uh, yet. Um, another thing is that we've been maintaining close to 80% of our members in groups and ministry involvement. And these are two things that we measure uh, consistently throughout the year. In fact, if you come to a business meeting, uh, this is on kind of our, our front page with all of our stats and everything. This is on that. And what we do is we measure how many members, actual members of Fellowship of Grace, these are people who have decided uh, to say, I'm going to, this is my church. This is my local church. I'm going to plant my flag with you people. I want to be a part officially of the Fogg family, and I'm going to be a member of Fellowship of Grace. Then we measure what percentage of those people are involved in ministry. Now, we average, right, I mean, this year we've been kind of like 78, 79%, right at 80%. And the reason we don't say 100% is because we know that everybody goes through seasons of life where ministry just doesn't work out for them. Uh, Listen, we know when young couples uh, have their first baby, you know, if they can just, like, pack up everything and get to church, that's a great, you know, that's a great achievement, uh, at least for the first couple of months. Uh, so listen, there are, there are phases and things uh, you, you go through life that it's like, listen, I just I can't do as much right now. But generally speaking, everybody in our church should be involved in ministry, and our church is phenomenal at this, phenomenal about this. In most churches that are evangelical, Bible-believing churches like ours, uh, you've got about 80 or 20% of the people doing 80% of the work, and 80% of the people sitting around doing nothing, just coming and being spectators. Our church isn't like that. We believe very strongly that this church should not be, uh, we are not the professional ministers up here uh, to minister to you. Uh, We are the professional equippers and trainers to teach you how to minister to one another and to everybody outside there. So you all are the ministers, and our church averages about 80% of you all involved in some kind of ministry, which is terrific. Uh, We also average about 80% in some kind of group. That's either community group or core group. Now, community groups here at Fellowship of Grace, if you don't know, uh, those are family, uh, kind of families of families. Families get together, 
probably like six to eight or nine families get together once a week, and they have some fellowship time, they have some relationship building time, they have some some basic discipleship. It's really a way to get them connected and and growing together, doing life together. Uh, The other group is a core group, and these are more... Um, they're, they're same gender, groups of two to four or five, and they are deep discipleship. It's like getting into the nitty-gritty of life and talking about the deep things in our lives. And, and we average about 80% of our members are involved in either community groups or core groups or both. Now, these are both important because they really um, show that people are getting involved in things that help them grow spiritually. The other thing is it keeps them connected. Because when somebody comes to Fellowship of Grace, they become a member. If they don't get involved in some kind of ministry or they don't um, uh, get in some kind of group, we know we'll see them kind of off and on for about four to six months. And then all of a sudden, we'll say, hey, have you seen Joe Smith and his family? No, I haven't seen them in a while. Have you seen Nobody's seen them. They They just fade away because they haven't connected to anybody. You can't just come in this room on Sunday mornings and spend an hour sitting next to other people and build any kind of relationships. It just doesn't work. And so you gotta get involved in some other way, either doing ministry with people or being in some kind of group with people so that you can really feel connected. And people that do that generally stay connected and they stay here a very long time. One of the ways we really haven't grown significantly, unfortunately, is that our average attendance is still around 205. Now, while our number of attenders um, continues to increase, and and, and what I mean by that is the the number of uh, uh, people that do attend at some point continues to increase, our average attendance does not. Now, why is that? Well, it's because uh, people don't come to church as much as they used to. Uh, when I was a child, you were considered, if you, you considered yourself that you went to your church uh, on a continuous basis or you were really plugged into your church, that means you missed maybe once a quarter. You were committed. In today's culture, people feel like they're really committed if they come 50% of the time. Oh, that's my church. I'm really committed there. I'm, that's my church. I'm, I'm in with them. I'm part of the Fog family, but I only come about half the time. Now, listen. Uh, This is a sign that our church members need to simply attend more. Okay? And why is that important? Here's why it's important. Because the body functions as a body. And and literally, when you aren't here, the body's missing a part. And, And we're missing you. And the body can't function fully as it's supposed to when you aren't here. Now, we're not crazy weirdos about this, okay? And you, you can't go on vacation. You can't, you know, you're home puking. Don't come to church, okay? We don't, we're not silly about this. But, but because you want to watch something on television or because you're just kind of tired because you did something yesterday, you wouldn't miss work for that. Don't miss church for that, folks, because the body doesn't function well. And honestly, you don't function as well either. If you really think back, The times that you feel more connected to God are the times that you are uh, really invested in what's going on at your church. And so if you aren't a member, become a member. If you are a member, come more consistently in 2020. And I think the church itself will benefit in a greater way. Some other things that have happened this year, we completed the construction project. Hallelujah, amen, thank you, Jesus. It was supposed to take nine months. It took a little over 12 months because we decided to build on the wettest winter and spring in 50 years, and, uh, but, but it's done. And so we've got a new lobby. We've got new restrooms. You're welcome, ladies. Uh, you don't have to bang your knees anymore when you go into the stalls. 
Um, the new connect room. We've got a courtyard. The children's check-in area is big and new. Uh, we've got some extra children's space, and as well as really changing the overall look and feel of the facility. Now, I park uh, over in front of the bank on Sunday mornings, and I used to park there, and, and when I would walk across, um, and, and I, you know, face this building, it, it just, it, I mean, it was a great, you know, God blesses us tremendously, but it just looked like a 1970s small little dying church. That's what it looked like. But now God has really blessed us with a facility that looks uh, new and exciting. It makes sense to people in our culture, and uh, uh, that's really cool. Now listen, facilities, don't ever forget this, facilities are not valuable in and of themselves. They're only valuable based on what happens in them, okay? The only reason this lobby is valuable is because people are going to build relationships there. They're going to connect with other people. Uh, there's going to be some cool things happen in people's lives. That's the only reason it matters. But it's done. Thank you, Lord. All right? We had a general budget this year of $365,000, and uh, the general offerings have not been totally and completely. You know, we got to do the whole end-of-year thing, but uh, we're going to wind up somewhere around $395,000. That's $30,000 over what we aggressively budgeted for offerings. Folks, this is a testament of your incredible generosity. It's a testament to your spiritual growth. We received total in 2018 in the general offering $355,000, which is $40,000 less than what we received this year, while not actually increasing our attendance much. What that, what that points out is that our members are growing in their generosity. Now, we aren't a church that has, hey, we got two really rich families that come here and, you know, uh, donate $100,000 a piece every year. We, we don't have those kind of uh, givers here. These are, are you know, us-uns, you, know? uh, you know, people that give generously and sacrificially. And I will tell you that the average uh, nationwide is about $1,000 uh, per attender. So if a church averages 200 people in attendance, their budget should be an average of $200,000 a year. We're double that. In fact, we just approved a budget this year over $400,000, and I think we'll surpass that this year. Folks, that is really, really, really a testament to your generosity and that you care about what's happening here. You care about eternal things. And by the way, this, these numbers don't even count the $55,000 plus given toward the building fund this year. So if you think about that, you know, really there's been $450,000 given to our church when we averaged 200 in attendance. That is phenomenal. And I want to thank you. Thank you for being generous people. Many nonprofit organizations right now are struggling and, and their giving is decreasing but it's increasing here at Fellowship of Grace. It's increasing in its, in its uh, overall number, and it's increasing in its giving per person. And it's not just because one rich person or one rich family joined our church, folks. It's because many of you are growing in that area. By the way, I just whenever I talk about this, I always want to remind you that all of your pastors give generously, and, and, and it, it, I'm not speaking for the other pastors right now, but if you ever want to see my giving record, I will lay it on the table for you. I, I'm not shy about it, I'm not, I'm not bragging about it, but I'm just saying I'm willing to just say, hey, if you don't tr tr you know, think we're doing this, we're doing it. We're giving generously too because we believe in what's happening here. 
And I will remind you that we not only give, but we also encourage our leaders to do the same thing. If we aren't willing to do it, we shouldn't be encouraging other people to do it. So we do that, and you can certainly hold us accountable to that. Also, we've had significant progress towards the 3G goals. We've, done a, we've been in a, a campaign, a three-year campaign. We've been in now for two and a half years. And it was to go more, grow more, and give more, three Gs. Uh, we've made considerable progress in each of these three areas, but it's not time to quit. I'll talk more about what they mean here in a middle, little bit. Uh, it, but it's not, it's not time to quit, but it could be time to join if you haven't done that yet. We still have six months. Uh, so if you haven't been a part of the 3G campaign, as I explain it later, uh, and you want to become involved in it, uh, we'll be glad to help you do that. All right? Uh, also, we got an improved format for Fog Connect. Fog Connect is our class to um, let people know who we are, kind of get familiar with us, and see if this might be the right uh, church for them. And um, we used to do this after church on Sundays. It was very difficult. People couldn't stay. Uh, we had to get foods. You know, sometimes they couldn't make it after they said they could, and we had food left over. It, just, it was just kind of a mess. So we started doing this during the second service, uh, the first three Sundays of every month. And it's worked out really phenomenally. So if you uh, have been attending but are not a member yet, would like to know more about Fellowship of Grace, uh, you can start that any single month. Just come uh, the three second services, and we have it in that connect room uh, just off the lobby there. But it's an improved format, has got uh, many more people to come. We've expanded our FPU classes. Uh, Jason and Mariah Johnston and Tom and Hillary Kinsinger uh, have, have led classes this year. And um, this is probably, besides maybe uh, preschool uh, Christmas programs, this is probably the number one way that we get the most people inside the doors of our church that don't come to church here. Uh, they, you know, when we advertise that, they advertise that through the Dave Ramsey website and uh, people from the community come here to get help with their finances. But they also are in our building 10 weeks in a row, learning how to handle their finances from really good Christian people. And so that's a great outreach to them. We did 278 Operation Christmas Child boxes this year, which exceeded 2017 and 2018 combined. Wow, awesome. And when you consider 200 average attenders, which includes children, we averaged almost one and a half boxes per member, no matter what age. Great, great job. This is a phenomenal increase. And uh, deciding to collect, um, I think, several weeks in a row helped that. But also several of your community groups and the student ministry uh, decided to do boxes together, you know, buy the stuff and pack the boxes together, which really helped and has a, a big increase in that area. We also have increased our support to, cooperative, to the cooperative program, uh, which includes the International Mission Board and the North American Mission Board. We've also increased our support to the Clay Platt Baptist Association, uh, to the Parkville Women's Clinic, to Purpose Church in Mascuda, Illinois, to the Missouri Baptist Children's Home, and to Hillcrest Transitional Housing. And so you see that we have, uh, you know, we're not in turn, we don't just turn in to each other. This is one of the, one of the uh, problems for churches that the longer churches exist, the more they turn inward. If you look at churches over historical time frames, they, they start really outward, and the longer they go, the more inward they turn. And we want to be a church that's always outward. We are not about building this kingdom. We are about building his kingdom. And we always need to be uh, kingdom-minded, kingdom-thinking like that. Uh, so we've increased support. And by the way, that's not just financial support. That's, that's going to these places, that's praying for them, that's encouraging them, uh, that's helping them in any way that we can. And these are just some of the big picture uh, highlights 
uh, for the year. Some other things that happened, we formalized the kids' own check-in to make it faster and more conducive to getting your kids in and out faster. Uh, we've expanded our safety team because of the new facilities. Think about it. We've m- almost doubled or more than doubled the size of our facilities, and we have a safety and security team every Sunday that's here to make sure that we're safe, uh, to make sure that, uh, you know, uh, they just keep things from happening that shouldn't happen. And um, we've had to double them because of the, the building being doubled. Uh, we conducted a, a successful vacation Bible school. Uh, we continue to increase in our community presence by participating in Parkville Days and Christmas on the River and other things out in the community. We had a highly successful ministry fair to let people know about all the ministries here at Fellowship of Grace, which, by the way, we're going to repeat. Uh, so if you're not involved in ministry, you will be. Uh, and then uh, we've increased the number of people cleaning the church with expanded facilities also. Uh, think about this. We don't hire an outside company to come in and clean this building. Okay? This building belongs to God, but he's entrusted it to us. So families in our church commit to once a month cleaning uh, uh, you know, that week. So maybe you clean the first week of the month. And, and it's taken double the number of people. You know, it used to be with our building, we could hire, you know, hire, not, but, not hire, but uh, ask people to come and maybe two people in two hours do the whole building. Can't do that anymore. Now it takes about six people to, uh, to two and a half hours to, to clean the building. And we have volunteers doing that every single week to keep this building uh, looking beautiful, and they do a terrific job. Also had a successful youth camp and many other things that went on. But, but basically, when you look at all of that, I, I mean, I was just amazed. God's really been good to us this year. A lot of great things have happened. People have come to know Jesus. They've been baptized. They're being discipled. They're, being, they're getting connected. Just a lot of really great uh, spiritual and organizational growth things happening. So I just want to say thank you, God. Uh, Thank you for blessing us last year. Thank you for just uh, having your hand on what we're doing here and uh, continue to grow us and use us to minister to people around us. Now I want to switch gears. Let's talk about uh, 2020 because there's some really cool things coming up in 2020 I want to make you aware of and uh, uh, just get you you involved in. Now in the past, when we've talked about mission, Uh, We have said that our mission was to love God, love others, and make disciples, and that that's all we do here. And that's true, and that's always going to be the way it is, but but that's kind of a generic way to say what we do. You know what I mean? I mean, you could probably, any biblical church in the world, you should say, well, they should love God, love others, and make disciples. So it's not really unique to us, so we're going to continue to, we we haven't changed any belief, okay? You can look at our website, and our beliefs are exactly the same as they have been, but we're going to express this in a new way. And after a lot of uh, discussion and prayer and debate and wording and da-da-da-da-da, we've decided to communicate our mission uh, this way. And you may have seen it on the front door when you came in today. Helping you fulfill God's dream for your life. Now, for those of you who've gone here a while, you've heard that before. Because this was our tagline like the first four, five, six years, seven years of our church. And for some reason, we got away from it a little bit because of, of just whatever reason. And, and we really want, this is really who we are. We want to help everybody fulfill God's dream for their life. Now, that part of that is loving God. Part of that is loving others. Part of that is being coming a disciple and making other disciples. So they're all involved in that. But here's what we're trying to communicate uh, kind of from our vantage point and from who we are. Uh, we want to help people uh, to really reach their potential in Christ. Now, there's part of your potential that I absolutely know is God's will for you. And then there's parts that I don't. Like, for instance, I know God wants you to 
Receive him as your Savior. Receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. I know God wants you to get baptized. I, I know God wants you to be discipled and, and grow in him. And there are certain things that are universal to all of us. It's part of God's dream for all of our lives. But God has specifically made you for a purpose that's unique. There is something about you that's different than everybody else. And our goal here is to help you get involved in the ministry he wants you to be involved in and, and really uh, influence the people that he wants you to influence and who he wants you to share the gospel with. We want to help you do that. Our goal is to help each person on their spiritual journey find and fulfill the purposes for which God designed you and why he saved you. And so this is the way we're going to express this from now on. It hasn't, the meaning hasn't changed really. But we want to help everybody fulfill God's dream for their life. So this is going to be the way that we express our mission moving forward. We've also realized that we should clarify and communicate some core values. Uh, now, core values should uh, describe what are central and what drive the things an organization does. Uh, and, and, you know, we didn't sit down when the church was first um, starting and said, well, these are our core values. And part of the reason we didn't do that is because uh, I come from a corporate background and I've uh, been a part of organizations before and businesses before where you walk in and they have this beautiful plaque on the wall of their five core values and you walk in and you read it and you go, man, we don't do any of those. What are, how can those be our core values when I don't even think we do them or read them or know them, you know? And so one of the things that's a, a little bit sketchy is when you don't even know who you are yet, you haven't kind of figured that out, it's kind of hard to say this is going to be who we're going to be and really drive it to that. What you really should do is wait a little bit, uh, certainly drive and want to be who, who you want to be, but at the same time, just look in the mirror and go, but this is really who we are. This really is who we are. So we're going to share with you now Six core values that we believe are Fellowship of Grace's core values. You may have seen them on the uh, wall here as you came in today, the new pictures on the wall. We're going to have those out there for quite some time. But we believe that these are not only what we want to be, but we really believe that this is who we are. And so these are the things that we value. So every time, um, you know, we do a new ministry or think about a ministry or think about things or evaluate things, we kind of look through the lens of these core values, the things that are important to this group of people doesn't mean that other people's core values aren't, are wrong or ours are right, but, but this is just kind of who we are. And it's, we're kind of following the, uh, uh, the leadership of a, a college. I don't know if you know, but, but most universities now, when they build a building, they don't put any sidewalks to them for like two years. Because what they do is they build the building, and then they don't put any sidewalks to them, and then two years later they come and go, okay, let's look and see all, where all the worn paths are. What are the actual places people are walking? Let's put the sidewalks in there. And so you don't see these little square sidewalks anymore. You see them kind of going all over the place. Well, it's kind of the same thing where we say, well, let's just be honest and say, here's who we are. This is really who we are. It's who we want to be, but it's also who we really are. So I'm going to go through these and just kind of read through them quickly. But I think if you know Fellowship of Grace at all, you'll see that this really is, uh, really are our core values. First one is authentic relationships. We value mutual relationships that are deep, sacrificial, invested, and growing. We love to encourage people to foster honest and caring relationships by doing life together. We are not a church where we encourage everybody to put on their Sunday best, uh, come and let's try to impress each other for a couple hours on Sunday morning, and then go live our lives in a totally different way. Uh, we want you to come and just be who you are. We, we just try to be honest. Listen, all of our lives are messy. 
All of us have some baggage that we're trying to get rid of that we just talked about a few weeks. Uh, all of us have got uh, kind of some uh, uneven parts of our, our lives that we've got to figure out. And we want to come and just be real with each other. Uh, build relationships where we can do that and, and get uh, certainly advice and, and encouragement from other people uh, without judgment and criticism. And so authentic relationships is a very important part of our uh, core values. The second is biblical teaching. We value and teach the truth of God's word and want to help people grow in both their understanding and their practical application of it to their lives. Now, certainly this week is a total and complete, uh, you know, defiance of that. Uh, but most people, when they come to Fellowship of Grace, one of the things I ask them when they first come, I say, what was your impression of our church? They're like, man, you guys read a lot of the Bible. I mean, you read the Bible a lot here. And you refer to the Bible a lot here. You don't read a lot of poems. You know, you don't do a lot of limericks. Uh, but, uh, man, you guys read the Bible a lot. Well, that's good. Yes, because we value it. It is a core value of who we are and who we, in our opinion, who we should be. But here at Fellowship of Grace, we don't only want to increase your knowledge and understanding of it, we want to increase our ability to put it into practice. What does it mean for me? What does God really want from me? How does he want me to respond to this? How does he want me to live this out in my crazy world? The third is engaging worship. We value corporate worship that includes singing, giving, praying, or any other act that brings attention and glory to God. We strive to do this genuinely and with excellence that encourages active participation by every member. Sometimes people will say to me, hey, I'm not gonna, I won't be in the first part of the worship service, so I won't be there for the worship part, I'll just be there for the sermon. Well, I know what they mean by that. What they're saying is I won't be there for the singing part. Well, that's not just the worship part. Giving is worship. Listening to God's word is worship. Taking the Lord's Supper is worship. Uh, watching people be baptized is worship. All of the things that we do uh, in that corporate worship time are acts of worship. And so we want to do those as best we can with excellence that give you an opportunity uh, to participate in them. You know, if you've ever been to a church where the band just stinks and the music is just horrible, you know, you, you can't even really think about being God because you're kind of singing with your face doing this. Right? Okay? So, so we want to stay out of God's way. We want to do those things well so that you can not be distracted and you can focus and do them well. One of the things that I love to do, and I don't even know if you saw, but this morning uh, when I wasn't playing part of the time, I just took my earpiece out and listened to you sing. And our church has an unbelievably high participation rate. Unbelievable. I mean, it's really incredible. And that's uh, one of the things that people say when they come and visit here. Man, your people, like, like they're into it. They, they sing, they participate. Yeah, we, that's by design. We want them to do that. Fourth, kingdom thinking. We alluded to this earlier. We value partnering with other like-minded churches and ministries to help God's kingdom grow numerically, spiritually, and geographically. We recognize that God's plan for the world is much bigger than our own church ministry. As I said, I alluded to this earlier. Uh, the book of Acts if you look through the book of Acts, uh, uh, it's, it's constantly, uh, Luke is constantly saying the church grew numerically, the church grew numerically this way, this way, by 5,000, by 6,000, by 10,000, and he's saying it's growing spiritually. Uh, the church is growing in depth, it's growing in God's word, all those kind of things. And then he, he also says that it's growing geographically because the whole book of Acts is just the, the, the idea and the story of how God's word uh, just in God's kingdom just grows ge geographically. 
And so we want to grow that same way. We want to partner with other people that help us to do that, and we help them to do that. Again, it's about not building our kingdom, but his kingdom. Number five, gospel invitations. We value equipping and encouraging each member to regularly share their story and the gospel with others to help lead them to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Through a simple invitation, we want to give people the opportunity to respond to the good news of Jesus. Um, Folks, uh, you know, none of us can change the heart of a human being. Only God can do that. But he has chosen, for whatever reason, uh, to use people like us to be his messengers. And so we want to continually offer gospel invitations. Uh, we want you to share your personal story of how you came to know Jesus, how he's, how he's acting in your life, how he's helping you or benefiting you. Uh, we want you to share the gospel, how a person can know Jesus Christ with your friends and family. And we want you uh, to then invite them, invite them to church, invite them to your house, invite them, and eventually invite them into the gospel. Invite them to respond to the gospel. And so we believe strongly in gospel invitations. And the last core value are next steps. We value helping people on their spiritual journey, living out their faith by regularly progressing in their relationship with Jesus Christ through service, worship, generosity, and evangelism, as well as every other facet of following him. Listen, none of us are at the exact same place in our spiritual journey. We're all in different places. Um, and, and so one of the things that we want to encourage everybody to do is, listen, wherever you're at, if you're not as far along as the person sitting next to you or you're not as far along as anybody in your community group, uh, the goal is not to be like other people. The goal is to you to see on your spiritual journey where you're at and say, I'm going to take my next step, whatever it is. I'm going to start reading the Bible or I'm going to begin praying every day or I'm going to get baptized because I haven't been or I'm, whatever it is, I'm going to get involved in ministry because I've never done that. All we want to do is help everybody to take their next step. It's not healthy to take 53 steps at once, but it's really healthy to take one step. And so we want to help you uh, do that in every single instance. And those, th- So those are our six core values, and we will look through the lens of all of those things as we contemplate and approach every single ministry that we do here. So let's talk now about some significant initiatives in 2020, and then we'll wrap up for today. Uh, So there's uh, just a couple of things I want to remind you. First of all, we want to remain true to our mission and our core values no matter what we do. Uh, But the first kind of new significant initiative that we need to do is to finish the 3G campaign strong. Okay? The 3Gs stand for go more, grow more, give more. We started two and a half years ago to ask people to go more. Go more to your community. Go more to the people at your work. Go more to your friends and family and share the gospel with them. And one of the ways that we help you do that is through community groups. Once a month, we talk about another approach on how to share the gospel, on how to help people do that. Uh, uh, Good News Sunday, every year in November. We're going to do that again this year in November. Every year in November, we take a Sunday and we share from, from the stage how you can share Jesus with somebody. Then we ask you to get your chairs in groups of two or three and share that with somebody that you're with. And five people received Christ this last year. We're going to do it again this year and pray for 20, all right? And, uh, but that's another way that we can um, go more. Grow more that means you participate in a core group uh, where you can grow deeper spiritually. You can be discipled in a greater way. You can really uh, f- uh, figure out how to do this thing called following Jesus. And, of course, a, a church attendance is important to that, too, because you should grow more by coming here and hearing uh, more about God's word and how to practice it uh, in your life. 
And then giving more uh, is just to, to take your next spiritual step in giving. If you never uh, gave before, uh, two and a half years ago, we ask you to begin giving something. If you were giving but not at a rate you thought was uh, you know, what God would want you to do, to just grow in that. Do, do, do a little more. Take some steps. And if you were already giving generously and sacrificially, uh, could you take another step and give sacrificially to the building? And so people make commitments to do that. So we want to we just uh, finish this campaign strong. Uh, if you have been participating, um, uh, continue to do so. If you made a commitment to go on a mission trip, uh, to help go more, then, then go on a mission trip in the next six months. If you made a commitment to participate in community groups, uh, today's another on-ramp to community groups. Uh, we kind of took a break for the holidays, and we're getting ready to start them back up next week. And so it's another time, if your schedule switched or whatever, you can't do Tuesday nights anymore. It's a great time to just commit to another uh, night of community group. So if you haven't been involved in a community group, get involved in one. Uh, but we want to finish this campaign strong. And uh, by the way, if you're behind uh, in your giving, uh, for the commitment you made two and a half years ago, you got six months. So catch up. Catch up a little bit. And by the way, if you've come to Fellowship of Grace in the last two and a half years and you did not get involved in the 3G campaign, uh, we're going to do a little kind of miniature campaign kind of at the end of the campaign to just see how much of the debt we can bring down uh, on the building. And so be praying, be saving, and ask God how he would want you to participate in that if you have not been participating in that, okay? So we're going to finish the 3G campaign strong. Second is our evangelism strategy is going to be this. Who's your one? That's our strategy. Who's your one? Now, for five years, we did upward basketball, and we involved a lot of time and, and effort and energy of many of you uh, every Saturday morning for weeks and weeks on end. And through those five years of doing upward sports, I think we saw three kids commit to Christ, uh, and none of them came to Fellowship of Grace. But one family who participated, who were already Christians, uh, came to Fellowship of Grace because of upward now, we see something like that, and we're like, well, you know, we can't just continue to give to something that's not bearing fruit. That's just not wise. So we actually contacted um, Upward National Ministries and uh, asked them to give us the names of three churches that are, like, knocking it out of the park. They gave us those names. We called them up. They're, they're having thousands of kids come every week to play some kind of sports, and when we ask them about how many of them have given their lives to Jesus, how many of them have been baptized, how many of their families have connected to your church that they could be discipled, they're like, maybe a handful. Maybe a handful. So you got 2,000 kids coming, and you had five kids come to Christ, which means you've got probably you know, 500 people participating in a ministry. That's just not a good return on investment. So we looked back at these last two years, and we saw... The, the, the number of people that are coming to Christ and being baptized, and you know what we saw? You, you know how they came to know Jesus? They're your friends. They're your family members. They're your coworkers. They're people that you actually influenced to give their lives to Jesus. I, I just don't think this culture is going to be um, reached in uh, big events. We've tried block parties where we've had hundreds and hundreds of people come. Nobody ever came and visited Fellowship of Grace. Nobody ever came and said, hey, can I talk to you about my spiritual life? And I think it's time for us to just admit uh, that big events 
are not going to draw a bunch of people to Jesus. But what is going to draw somebody to Jesus is when they see you living him out in your life and it makes a difference and then some catastrophe comes in their life, they're going to go, man, how do you handle this? And then you tell them. You say, by the way, there's a whole group of people that, that handle this the same way I do. Why don't you come and be a part? That's how we're going to reach people. So think about this. If each one of us in this room right here, if each one of us just led one person to Christ in 2020 and their family begins coming here, our church would quadruple in attendance and have 10 to 20 times more baptisms next year. Okay? You don't need to go out and win 53 people to Jesus this year because there's 53 instead of 52. Okay? You don't need to do that. Just this one. Who's your one? And then when you lead them, who's your next one? The reality is, folks, the only, reason, the only way we're going to reach the two or 300,000 lost people that are far from God in Clay and Platt counties is if we go and tell them. That's it. So we got to just make our strategy what should be the strategy all along and ask each other who's your one. By the way, uh, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to start asking you, hey, who's your one? You should have somebody on your radar. You should have somebody in your radar that you're, you're praying for an opportunity to talk to them. You're, you're building a relationship with them. You're trying to figure out a way to share the gospel with them. The last thing I want to share with you today is this. We're going to open the First City Campus in Leavenworth, Kansas. So Fellowship of Grace is going to open our first campus in Leavenworth in the fall of 2020. We'll have an introduction luncheon uh, after church in, May, in March, and then we're going to begin planning to open our first campus uh, in the fall. Why, why First City? Well, when Pastor John came uh, to Fellowship of Grace, he came here uh, feeling led to be a church planter. And as we have studied, as we have talked to many people, as we have continued to try to develop our ability to plant churches in a better and wiser way, um, we just feel like the best way to do that is for Pastor John to remain uh, one of the pastors here, uh, be our missions pastor for both campuses, uh, but him to be the campus pastor there. So we're going to actually, uh, instead of him opening a new, different church, we're going to actually be Fellowship of Grace that exists as one church that has services in two locations. Pastor John will be the campus pastor there, but I will be rotating up there just like Pastor Christopher and uh, Pastor Derek will be rotating up there to preach, and Pastor John will still be preaching here occasionally just like he currently does. Our, our mission statement, our core values will direct and drive how we do all of that. And the reality is, folks, many of you, if you're serving in ministry here, many of you will be asked to serve in Leavenworth occasionally so that we can facilitate doing church in two different places every single Sunday. Now, now, don't inundate me with questions after the service about all the details. Now, a lot of unanswered questions so far of how we're going to do all that, but we are going to do that uh, this year. By the way, Leavenworth isn't that far, okay? If Pastor Christopher's driving, it's like 28 minutes. If I'm driving, it's like 18, okay? <laughs> so, so it's really not that far, so you want to go on a day, I'm going up there, you can ride with me. It's a lot, lot, okay? And the reason we're calling it First City is because, uh, and I didn't know this until we started looking into this, Leavenworth is actually the first city in Kansas. And so when you go up there, you've got First City Bank, First City Park, First City School, First City everything. And so it makes a lot of sense to them. Uh, and so that's, we're going to call it the First City Campus, Fellowship of Grace, but our First City Campus up there. <sighs> so... 
I tried to review as quickly as I could 2019 and look forward to 2020. Here's what I want you to know, okay? Listen, if, if, if you want to be a part of a church where God's doing something, this is it. God's doing some really cool stuff in people's lives here. And, and by the way, there's probably a, a couple of dozen personal stories I could tell you about people's lives, but certainly don't have time for Okay, God is doing some cool stuff here, and you need to get involved. You need to plug in. If you've been attending and you haven't become a member yet, please talk to us about doing that. You need to get jump in the deep end of the pool. You know, it's time to quit putting your foot in and jump in. And uh, if you're a member here and and you haven't been participating like you should, uh, either in attending or giving or serving or all those kinds of things, folks, just just get more involved. God wants to use you. God wants to do something really cool through your life that you haven't even thought of yet. Literally 20 years ago, if you would have said to me, hey, I think God might be wanting you to be a pastor, I'd have laughed in your face. I'd have said, it's not possible, not possible. Now, some of you are saying, well, it's still not possible. But no, no. Listen, God wants to do something neat in your life. And if you will really dive headfirst into the deep end, you're going to reach your potential for what he designed you for. And we want to help you do that here. So let's be excited and celebrate what's happened in 2019. And let's look forward to 2020 and seeing God do even cooler things uh, through Fellowship of Grace. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. Father, thank you for taking people like us, sinners, far from you, no direction, no purpose, and changing our lives. Thank you for the truth that Jesus died on the cross to save us, to pay for our sins. And by putting our faith and trust in him, he can not only save us from those sins and offer us eternity in heaven, but he can change our lives right now. Give us a different life with meaning, with purpose, with depth, with influence in other people's lives to encourage them to follow you also. God, help us just to surrender ourselves to your plan and see you do cool things through us and through this church because you are cool. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.